Well, it's a good day, huh? <laughs> uh, let me just be brief real quick, and I'm going to tell you the problem with a Spirit-filled church is that usually the Spirit-filled people start preaching your sermon before you start it. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's beautiful because the, the one thing I, I, I can't stay right there. I'm a walker. Um, the one thing I would say this week has been leading up to this moment, um, I would say it's been a struggle. And uh, um, the one thing I, I can honestly um, speak on is, is good, God's faithfulness. I'm supposed to speak on words of knowledge today, and I might get there, I might not, I don't know. Because as I was driving home last night, the Lord just kind of gave me this detour, and, and I was like, are you sure, Lord? And then Brett Williams texted me, and and I'm like, okay, Lord, I hear you. Um, but let me, I, I, I want to share something. This last year, right, I, and, and you're going to hear a lot of what was just ministered from this place um, and what I'm about to share with y'all, and then you'll understand. But this last year, um, I, I don't know if you really know the, the, the fullness of each person's walk and what their life looked like, but I'm going to give y'all, I'm going to be transparent and share you mine. Um, I won't be... Um, I won't keep my eyes dry. I will probably cry, and y'all can just deal with it. But um, so February of 2022, um, my wife was diagnosed with brain cancer, and um, there was a four-centimeter brain tumor that was in her brain, and, 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 and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a man of faith. I've already seen my wife healed of cancer, so in that moment, all I could stand on was the promises of God. But I will tell y'all quite honestly it scared the crap out of me. First one was in her breast, and man, I had faith to move mountains at that time. And, and uh, I, I remember standing there and, and declaring with my wife, like, hey, not all that has been fulfilled over your life, uh, has, God has spoken over your life, has yet been fulfilled. I said, baby, you're not going anywhere. And then I walked into my room, and I'm like, Lord, what are we doing? Can y'all relate to that? Out of your mouth coming a, a declaration of faith, but then going into your quiet place and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, you're a liar. You know? So, Leslie, February, diagnosed with cancer. And I'm going to tell you all, I had faith, but it was a mustard seed. I did. But I, I, I'm gonna, it was so huge for me. Then, April, a man I dearly love and... Uh, who was my pastor, I was at another church before this house. Um, he died in a, in a sudden car wreck. He was my spiritual father. He was my best friend. And uh, he was the head of our church. And not as if that was enough, that, that he would pass away suddenly and, and all of a sudden leave this earth. But then the church starts to split. And it does this hard split. And I'm sharing some intimate things that maybe not everybody wants to share it out. But I'm going to share it because this is my house now. So the church starts to split. And then, then what was split starts to split again. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, my wife and I, I was the men's pastor. And, uh, and my wife and I experienced what I would consider this, this onslaught of people wanting us to be something we couldn't be at the time. Um, my wife was, had brain surgery. I was in the hospital for uh, almost two months, and 
people still wanted to pull out of us. And, and man, I, I just didn't have anything to give, if I'm honest. Right? And, and, uh, but this church split starts happening, and, and, and I find myself at the end of this church split, and I'm like, what just happened? And I'm questioning, am I a pastor? Am I really this? Am I really this? And, and, and I, I really start to look at myself, and I'm like, man, I couldn't even keep, I, I walk with two to three families from that church now. I was a pastor of 30, 40 men, you know. And, uh, and then grandmother passes away, cousin dies, and then we get towards the end of this year, and I start, man, technicians start moving to the oil field and, and secretary going. Now, people moving up and forward from my company, which is a blessing, but at the same note, you're looking at it like, how do I fill these places? And in all this, the Lord reminded me of 1 Peter where it says the testing of your faith um, proves your faith to be more genuine than gold. And I also was remembered of Psalms 23 where we hear, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And, and the Lord started to speak to me about, you know, it's in the valley that he restores your soul. It's not on the mountaintop. And all of us want the mountaintop experience, but none of us want to walk through that valley. But it's, it's interesting because we, we get in that valley, and I'll never forget a good friend of mine at that time looked at me and he said, Hey, Chris, Lily's growing the valley. Man, it messed with me because I started to understand God's provision was in the valley. And, and I guess I'd just gotten used to the mountaintop. And, and, and what she said was so good because all this stuff tying it together, um, what I heard last night as, I, as the Lord was downloading this to me was that this house is an anointed house. I think I've even said this before, but I feel like this house is a slumbering house in some form or fashion. And, and I don't mean like you're lazy. I'm not saying that. But if you are, quit being lazy. Um, what I mean is this. Is that we're teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. And each one of you sitting in this room are gifted. And, and what we do is we're like, well, he's gifted, so I'm going to let him handle it. And, and, and what we do is, well, she's gifted, so... And, and we're sitting in our pew, and, and, and this mic's sitting here, and there's people getting words that God's downloading, and you're afraid to share them. But I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. God is saying, awaken today. Yeah. Right? Because the things that sit in you, it, 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 the, the Word of God says that the manifestations of God are for the common good of the body. So what you have in you, young lady, is for the person sitting next to you. Or the person sitting behind you. What you have in you, Dave, is for the, the gentlemen and the men of this house to look at and, and see the manifestations of God and, and to walk and it be for their good. This is for the building up of the body of Christ. So it was so interesting because today she prayed that, that, uh, that as the Holy Spirit blew the horn today over today. Man, last night I had this dream that I blew a shofar in this church. But the Lord was saying that this is the word that, that is the shofar. This is the awakening that's, that he's calling forth. And, uh, and I want y'all to hear this because in yourself, what we do is we, we, we allow the enemy to convince us of things that, that are not true. Let me just tell you this. I have been inactive for a year. 
If I would say that, and some people would say, you're not inactive. I've seen you minister. I've seen you do this. Let me, I'm just going to be honest with you. What God has for me and my family is far greater than what we've seen in this last year. I will not settle where I'm at. I will not stop where I'm at. I'm moving forward. You hear me? So in this, I would just say this for you guys, is that right now, I would say there's a choice that we have to make that we're waking up today. You hear me? This is your choice, not my choice. I can't make this choice for you. I can make it for me and mine. But you got to make it for yours and yours. You and yours. And so, um, I want to leave you with this. What the enemy, that Josh Villarreal sent me this song. And uh, I can't sing this song because I'm horrible at singing. But in this song, <laughs> in this song, it says, what the enemy meant to crush us only bruised our heel. And now I'm standing on the head of the enemy. Hear me? Hear me. What the enemy meant to crush us only bruised our heel. That is the promise from the beginning and that is the promise today. It will be the promise tomorrow and it will be the promise for the generations to come after us. Is that when the enemy mounts up an attack against our families is that he's only at best bruising our heel because he's already defeated, guys. He's under our feet. So that's, that's the first part, and I don't know. So, I'm going to just pray real quick an awakening over this house, if you don't mind. Mm. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you, because we just talked about some things that are, that are pertinent to, to what we are going through today. Alright? I'm just going to ask you, if you feel like there's been an activity in, in your life, towards the work of, of the gospel, just raise your hand in this last year. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm so freaking proud of y'all. I'm so proud of y'all. Now stand up. Come on. And we're going to just do a prophetic act. If you move the chair in front of you, um, just don't, don't worry about it. Nobody's going to care because we're all going to step forward. All right? And then we're going to pray. All right, one, two, three, step forward. (laughs) Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you, God, that the promises of God are yes and amen. And Lord, that when you say the latter rain is greater than the former rain, Father, then that means that in each new day, there's new mercies that, Father, what will happen today will be greater tomorrow, Lord, and what you do in tomorrow will be greater the next day. So, Father, we just trust in your sovereignty. We trust in your plan, Lord, and we step into the new tomorrow, Father. We step into the newness of what you, what you have for us, where it says, no eye has seen and no ear has heard what the Spirit of the Lord is doing, Lord. So we bless your name. We submit ourselves under the sovereignty will of God, Lord. And we say that your word says anything we ask according to your will, it is done in this day. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for newness, that we leave behind the old and we run after the new, Father. Lord, we we take from this, the last seasons we've walked through, we take the lessons, God. We take the lessons that you've taught us. And we bless you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I got... Yeah, don't clap yet. We ain't done. <laughs> y'all ain't getting out that early. Dallas Cowboys don't play to three. I got one more thing to share with y'all from this whole thing. On the way to work Friday, 
um, I found myself talking to the Lord. And, uh, you know, I, 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 five people, I've never had five people cycle out of my company in my whole life. I've only owned my company for 10 years. But anyways, long story short, this, this really kind of rocked me. And as I'm driving into work, I'm just seeking first the kingdom of God. And I'm talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, just calm the storm. And I heard nothing. And my spirit was like, that's not the right prayer. And I was like, oh. And I said, you know what, Father? Don't calm the storm. Don't calm the storm. I just acknowledge that you're in my boat. I think that's where Jesus was saying to his disciples, ye of little faith, you forgot that I never left your boat. He's the one who never leaves us nor forsakes us. That we're to be strong and courageous wherever we go, for the Lord our God is with us. And I would tell you all this, maybe, just maybe, we have become a people of first world blessing. And we need to learn to pray differently. We're asking him to calm the storm. I want to see his face. Yeah. I just want to see his face. Because let me tell you something. If you know that God is with you wherever you go, then wherever you go is the place where God is. And he's already put provision there. He's already done what he said he would do. He's, all, all the promises that he has for your life sit in those moments when the biggest chaos breaks loose. Okay, I'm done. I'm done with that part. All right, now we're going to get to some other stuff. It's a good day, huh? All right. All right, revelatory gifts. Um, I don't know why they asked me to speak on this, and I don't know how to do this thing. Um, but Matthew 6.33, go ahead and open up your words. Something that was highlighted today that stands out to me the most, and I actually had told Marlene that this is where I'm at, is that um, what we have today in the, in, in, in the church is we have this hyper place where people either don't go after the Holy Spirit at all, or we have people who are going full on after the gifts of the Spirit, and they want to see manifestations. And... Uh, and I, I don't think either one is extremely horrible, but I think that there's a beautiful marriage between the two where we can find a place that we seek first the kingdom of God and let him add all these things to us. So that's where we're going today. So Matthew six thirty three it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things shall be added unto you. And as I was preparing for this, this teaching, or whatever, um, it really started to ring in my heart, like, first off, the gifts of God are for intimacy. That God gives gifts because they are for his children. And let me tell you, Elise Lillian Webb is my oldest daughter. Um, I know the ins and outs of my Elise Lillian. And when she struggles, I know how to avoid an argument. When, sometimes, <laughs> she's a lot like me. She's a lot like me. So we're both like, you know, um, but I also know what makes Elise happy. 
I know what makes her smile. I know what makes her that the different smile. You know what I'm talking about? The smile that lights up the room. I know it does that for my baby. That's intimacy. You hear me? And I believe that that's what God is seeking more than anything. Dave hit it on the head. He said that this is God wants to just, he wants your heart. He wants your heart. And here's the proof. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does the kingdom of God mean? I have been asked this a million times. And up until this last week, has it really been made manifest to me through the scripture? So, here's the deal. Sometimes the Spirit is supposed to reveal things to you, but sometimes you're just supposed to allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. We can get hyper-spiritual, and we can make this thing what it's not real fast, and, and uh, I do not believe that that is in this house, so hear me, but I'm, I'm just telling you as people, we need to let the Word interpret the Word, because that's healthy. When we understand what God's saying through His living Word, then we understand what God's saying, and then we can operate in those things. So what is the kingdom of God? Is it something we can behold? Is it something we can walk into? It's actually what, when he says, seek first the kingdom of God, he is saying, seek first the kingship. He's not saying, this is not a kingdom that we are looking for. This is not a kingdom that, that is built. This is his kingship. So if we learn how to seek his dominion and his righteousness, what is righteousness? We've heard this word a lot. It used to intimidate me as a kid, right? Because I would think it was by what I did. Righteousness is what? It's being clothed in Christ. It's, righteousness is only attained by your salvation. You can't attain righteousness, period, period. And when, when Aaron, uh, uh, Abraham, was trying to help Lot, and he said, go find a righteous man for me. And there's, he sent the angels, what, five times? And he said, man, I can't find a righteous person. He's like, oh, crud. There's no one righteous, not even my cousin, not even me. What is going on? And, and we learn in Hebrews 11 that righteousness is accredited to them by faith. Has nothing to do with what they did. Abraham gave Sarah away to, to Pharaoh, and she almost became one of Pharaoh's wives. Y'all remember this, right? This is Bible Story 101. Like we, we, you know, but here's, let me tell you what God loved about Abraham is that Abraham would sit down and have dinner with him. He would sup with him. He would, he would sit with the Lord. It was interesting because you read in scripture where we have this place where it's the first time you ever hear of a sacrifice, right? Is it, well, other than Adam and Eve, now all of a sudden they're clothed with animal skin but God makes a covenant with Abraham it's so cool to me I, I want to be Abraham I want to sit and have dinner with the Lord I want to sup with him and that's still available y'all understand that right what we've done is we've made it something it's not and I think we have a lot of garbage to get through to get to that place but I also believe that God can Remove garbage like a garbage disposal real fast where it just flips the switch and anyways. Now y'all see how my mind works. Okay, so we have seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. What is the key to that? Is that I would much rather be known to be a man that God adds to my life. I think that that's an important thing. I think we, we read the scripture, the violent take the kingdom at force. And I'm like, oh, but man, 
if God is my strong tower and he's my refuge, then and if I just seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto me. I would much rather be known as that man than somebody who has to take things by. Now, there's time to be violent, okay? There is, and spiritually, there are times to be violent. There are, but that's not my number one posture. My number one posture is uh, I'm going to sit with my Lord. Intimacy. And I'll never forget, I don't remember who said it. Um, intimacy is into me, huh? Yeah, into me, see. Like, see, see in me. And I think that's, when we talk about repentance, that's the key to this. Like, we're allowing God to see inside of us. Not that he doesn't already see it. I think that's the biggest mystery of, of all, is that we're like, oh, Lord, don't look at it. And he's like, I already see it. Hey, stupid. Um, I, I picture God saying that kind of stuff. He doesn't ever really say it, but. Um, all right. So now, uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 1. And, 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 and I'm going to a place real quick to just put some groundwork down for us. Um, and so we can get to some meat. It says this, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And it's interesting because we, I've actually heard this scripture quoted that you seek after the gifts of God, eagerly seek after the gifts of God. But in Matthew 6, I'm sorry, I just drank, I drank coffee this morning. Um, so it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But then in 1 Corinthians 14, it says to desire the gifts. And, 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 but what that scripture means, when it says desire, it means to burn with zeal. And so if I learn in my life that first I am to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto me, and that I'm supposed to burn with a desire for his gifts. Right? I don't have to seek anything but his face and his heart but I still get to burn for that. And then we read in Luke 11, where it says, ask, seek, and knock. All right, I'm moving. We're moving. I'm about to wrap this sucker up and then move into something else. <laughs> Everybody's like, he's going to wrap another thing up and then move into something else? We're going to be here all day. So Luke 11, and we have verse 9 through 13. And it says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Thank you. Okay. Seeks, finds, and him who knocks, it will be opened. And if a son asks for bread for any, 
uh, from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so, if, if, if we come to a place where our lives look like a fire, right? If we were to look at our lives and make it to look like a campfire, and we would sit patiently seeking the Lord, burning with zeal, it says that when we ask, it will be given unto us. And I, I think, and, it, and I may be way off, and I may be wrong, but there are people in this room who have asked for gift of tongues, and asked for the gift of prophecy, and asked for these certain things, but they have not yet come. But if we learn in Scripture that he says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you, then maybe we're just not at the right appointed time. There's still things I've asked for that I have not yet received. I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit for 12 years. Okay? That's not big. There's some people, how many of y'all been baptized for longer than that? Come on, these two are crazy. They've been like baptized since they were seven. <laughs> They're pretty legit though. And I, I, but I, I, I honestly think we grow weary in waiting on some of the things of the Lord. And the Lord's like, hey, the word of God says, blessed are those who wait upon the Lord, for they will renew their strength. And, and, and what we don't understand is that there's certain things that we have to wait for the appointed time. Humble yourself under the mighty right hand of God, and in due time, he will exalt thee. And, and we, we just find ourselves in a place of trying to grab hold of some of these things when God's just telling you to burn. Just burn with zeal. Seek my face and burn with zeal. Man. And listen, if you're asking for the gift of tongues and you haven't prayed in tongues yet, maybe you need to start asking the Lord how to remove your, your mind. Again, we need to pray the right prayer, right? My biggest problem was I couldn't let go of my tongue. I couldn't let go. I couldn't, I, I just, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, man, I wanted to pray in my own understanding. And God's like, no, 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 no. I've got something different for you, but you have to shut up. <laughs> Everybody here knows I like to talk. <laughs> There's no secret. You guys seem fairly new, so y'all don't know I like to talk. <laughs> so, let's start there. When we're going to start going towards the gifts of the Spirit, because let's face it, most of us, um, or some of us have been in a place where we're kind of like, I don't know about the gifts of the Spirit. People pervert them. Um, some Pentecostal pastor said, you don't get to leave this altar till you pray in tongues. And you're like, oh. you know, and that's the truth, though, you know. And, but if we'll earnestly just begin to seek the Lord and seek his heart and, and like I said, allow ourselves to burn with zeal for these things. Not seek them, but, but to build up a passion. You know, Leslie, you know how I burn with zeal? Leslie, Don, like we start setting date nights out, and we, like I start to think about, ooh, what can I do with a date for her? And I start to figure out how I can make Leslie's 
love, uh, love gauge go to the top, right? That's how I burn with zeal for my wife is I focus on those things. I fix myself on those things, and I want to seek those things for my wife so that whenever she hits her love tank, it's full. And she doesn't have to look for another man because she can barely handle all of this. <laughs> she's going to watch this, and she's going to be like, you're so dumb. But it's true. And you know it, Les. That's my dad. Oh, my gosh. Some of y'all are going to be like, I'm never coming back here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. This is what it is. All right. So burn with zeal and, and allow God to add things to you. Um, in its due time, wait on those things. I think there's such a beauty in waiting. I've learned that whenever God has me wait, he's just trying to teach me something. And most of the time, if I got what I was asking for at the time, it probably, I would have squandered it or wasted it or um, just done something unhealthy with it. So learn how to wait. Um, Jesus is not McDonald's and he's not a genie. Um, he's neither one of those, but he is rich in love and tender with mercies. And, uh, he knows you better than you do. So, anyways, all right, so now we're going to go into words of wisdom. I, I, again, I don't know why I was asked to teach. I'm not much of a teacher. Y'all can tell I was the class clown. Um, I was the guy who got in trouble. Um, I'm sure I'll get in trouble after this today. <laughs> um, but let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 10. This one's a long one. And I'm a slow reader, so y'all hold on. And I'm going to first define what they are not. Okay? Um, words, words of wisdom are not just manly, wi or human wisdom that um, come out to a human uh, result of... Um, uh, it's, it, we, we all know wise people, and they're just full of wisdom. But, I mean, everybody's also full of crap, and they have to use the... I'm going to get in trouble today, guys. Um, but listen, let me just tell y'all, godly wisdom, words of wisdom are divine. They're not from man. They're not from a book other than that book, the Holy Word. And, and here's what I want to tell y'all. If you're asking for words of wisdom... You have to be a man who stays in, or a woman who stays in this. You cannot operate in the gifts of words of wisdom without this thing right here. And this is something that you have to devour like Jeremiah says he does. This is something that you have to spend time in and understanding of it. You need to know it in and out. You need to know what God says about you before you can start telling people what God says about them. Okay? Words of wisdom is not manly wisdom. God, yeah, when I say man, I don't mean man only. I mean man and woman. I think everybody knows. So, um, and, and one of the examples, I, I think, like, as I looked at, back on Scripture, I'm like, Noah, think about that. When you read How to Build an Ark, did y'all read that thing? <laughs> I'm like, that's a straight up w w words of wisdom download. Because, n n first off, it never rained. 
They didn't even know what a boat was. And God's like, hey, we're going to build an ark. He didn't say, we're going to build a dinger or a dinghy. He's like, we're going to build this thing an ark. He said, you're going to put a tar pitch on it. You're going to build it with gopher wood. And I'm like, how did, how did they even know what gopher wood was at that time? But he was in the middle of a gopher forest, gopher wood forest. But the, the words of wisdom, and, and, and I think, like, have you ever met that man of God that was super wise? And whenever he spoke something into your life, it was like, man, that is straight from God. You know somebody who reminds me of that? Like a birdie. Birdie, you, I'll never forget when Leslie was dealing with what we, we were dealing with, she came to our house, and we were in the middle of a worship session, and she looked at me, and she goes, you don't have to try that. And I was just trying to touch the heart of God. But I was so trying hard. Because, you know, everything was in our face. And she looked at me and she said, Chris, you know you don't have to try that hard. God's good. And I was like, what? You know, I, if I press in. And Warren Beamer used to say this, you can't yell him down. You can't scream him down. But when he comes down, you're going to want to yell and you're going to want to scream. And, and I think that's the, that's the reality of this thing is that, that we, we need to understand that words of wisdom can shift a whole moment and a whole atmosphere. And it changes in, a mo in an instant. Everything you thought you knew about your situation changes. Everything you thought you knew that was the answer to what you were walking through, it changes. It's, it's like being told to submit in the middle of something you feel like you have to fight for. It's like being told everything's going to be okay when everybody's telling you it's not okay. Words of wisdom, when given at the right time, it says a, a, a word in its time is like settings of gold. And I'm, I'm going to, settings of gold. Aren't settings what hold diamonds in? Yeah. So it, it hems in the most beautiful things about the situation you're walking in. Do you understand that? A word given in its time, a word of wisdom given in its time, it will hold up the most valuable thing of, of, of that can, the answer for what you're walking through, which is Jesus. It will lift him up, it will exalt him over your situation, and it will show you divinely how to walk this thing out. And I think that's, man, words of wisdom is different. I mean, you know, when you know the people who walk in that gift, they're the people who you're like, they spend time with the Lord. They smell like him. They look like him. They don't say things like me. No. Um, I do spend a lot of time with the Lord, and I do operate in this gift. But I will say this. Like, this is a, this is a gift that happens from, from time with the Lord. In his word. Let it, let it run through you like a river. And if we allow the word to be in us, and the word naturally comes out of us. Jesus was the word, and the word was made flesh, and he dwelt among men. All right, so words of knowledge. Let's go to John 4, 7 through 26. And everybody knows this story. This is probably the, the most famous, but this is why I, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite, where you see words of knowledge operating. 
And the reason why, does anybody, anybody there at the scripture and they know why now? It's the woman at the well. And, uh, and let's just go ahead and read it. John 4. John 4, 7 through 26. This is long, but we're going to read this one. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, of who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get uh, that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it um, himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks, of, uh, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. How many of y'all want that water? Yeah. That I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman said and answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one who you ha uh, now have is not your husband, and in that you spoke truly. How many of y'all think he, he knew that she didn't have a husband at the time whenever he asked? Right? That's words of knowledge. It, it, words of knowledge is when God shows you, uh, divinely drops into somebody knowledge about you, your future, your past, things to come. He will, he will outline it. He will, tell, he will tell somebody specifically something about you. Right? And it will be dead on. It'll scare you almost. How many of y'all have had somebody give you a word of knowledge? And it's like, who are you and did you hack my account? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and because you know that you know that you know. But Jesus in this moment, he says to her, he says, You're, you answered truly. You don't have a husband in the, in the, what, the last five husbands you've had? And the one whom you're, speaking, you're, you're living with now is not your husband. And, and, and I think this to me, again, this is a gift that is extremely personal to me. I think what we do is we get flippant with these things. Because if y'all don't understand this, the gifts of God are without repentance as well. You can operate in the gifts of God absent intimacy. I believe all gifts of God are, are birthed in intimacy. I really do. I believe most people who are gifted, I actually believe all people who get the, receive the Holy Spirit and receive gifts at one time are just on fire for the Lord. But then the selfish desire takes over. But they're without repentance, so you can, it's not illegal to operate in them, it's just illegitimate. You, you become illegitimate in how you operate in the gifts because there's no longer intimacy, so now it's just the gifts operating in, in you. There's no intimacy. So then he starts becoming your knowledge. 
and, and what you're perceiving of people. That's dangerous. That's called witchcraft. I hate to say that. Actually, I don't. Because it's true. Because what we see a lot in the church today is people perceiving somebody's situation. They're crying. They're, they're heavy laden. And, and we're wondering what, what, and man, I've seen it a thousand times. I've had to, I had a lady come up and, and pray over my wife and, and have to rebuke that sucker. Because she was like, I have this word for you. Da, 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 da. But I've also seen people who, the real deal. And, and I'm going to tell you, when God inserts the word of knowledge, all of a sudden, there's, this is like a kiss on the forehead. If words of knowledge is like he reaches into time and space and, and comes in and gives you your kiss because you know he sees you in that moment. Words of knowledge, I think, is probably one of the most beautiful gifts of the Spirit because it is directed, it is singled out. No one else in the room gets that word. It is for you. And words of knowledge is a drawing gift, I believe, where God draws you back to his heart. And here's the other, man, have you ever been a part of a word of knowledge where, like this woman was? Where it kind of, it's kind of a, a hit. I've been a part of beautiful ones. I've been a part of ones that kind of hit me. But they draw you back into the heart. They don't make, but the hit doesn't feel like you're just cast aside. The hit makes you feel like, okay, Father, you're pulling me back in. And so words of knowledge being a place where we, we stay in intimacy so that whenever I approach John with a word, it's not my knowledge. It's, and it's so important to stay here. It's important to always draw back into the heart of God so that we don't become illegitimate sons and daughters and operate in the gifts outside of intimacy. I'll never forget, um, I had been at Healing Place Church for about... Um, a year, a year, and Warren had two kids, and then he was divorced, and, and this Warren Beamer, who was our pastor before, and, and he had two kids, he was divorced, and he was remarried to this beautiful, amazing, anointed woman, and, and she loved his kids like nobody's business, but they had not had their own kid. I didn't know the struggle, but the Lord one day at church, I was sitting there, and the Lord told me to tell him he was fixing to have a son of promise. And I was like, man, there's a few areas I don't dabble in, and that's telling people they're fixing to have kids. And if I do and I miss it, man, like, that's a big deal. That's a big deal because you are handling people's hearts. And I sat there, and I was like, the whole service, I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And I was like, no, no, no. And at the end of service, you know, you get that, y'all ever had that nervous feeling where you're like, I don't want to give this one, yeah. Right? And, and I'll never forget, I told Warren, I said, hey, the Lord told me this, you're fixing to have a son of promise. And, 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 and then, as I said that out of my mouth, the Lord said, and tell him it's not his seed. And I said, Warren, it's not your seed that's the problem. It's not your seed that's the problem. And that's what the Lord was saying. It's not, tell him it's not his seed that's the problem. And I told him, I said, that it's not your seed that's the problem. And he wept. 14 miscarriages he had had trying to have a kid. And, and I didn't know the struggle. I, I just barely knew the man. About a year and a half, I was not a pastor at that time. I was not part of the inner circle. I was just a, a, a pew sitter because I was so broken when I came to that church that I needed restoration. 
And he looked at me and he said, you have no idea. I just had, I was just tested to see if it was my sperm that was the problem. And they told him it was not his sperm like two days later. And, and that, that it wasn't his wife's womb either. Like there was just, and so in that he had to partner with that word for it to come to pass. And then what, a year later, Maximus Easton Beamer was born. It was one of the most beautiful things, but a word of knowledge shifts every, every gift of the Spirit will shift the, search, the situation because here's what, you, what most of us don't realize is the thing we're dealing with has more to do with the spiritual side of our life than it does our physical side. But what we try to do is we say, there's not a demon behind every rock. Well, there's not, but there might be. In some places that you go, there might be. But, I, but if, if we understand that the earth is full of his glory and the fullness thereof, God is everywhere. So in other words, the spirit of God is moving in wherever we are. We just sometimes are still trying to deal with it here. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Be like Elisha where you tell them to, to open the eyes of the spirit so that they'll see that there's more for them than that are against them. God's moving. And you get to command angels to move for you. So words of knowledge is a divine, I, I don't have fancy jargon for it. I just say this, it's a, it, when God gives you a word for somebody that you know is specific to them, and here's the deal, um, there's, Ben Salter said this to me one time. He said, Chris, you're just the mailman. You need to just drop off the mail. Be comfortable just dropping off the mail. And, and, and some of y'all are probably hearing this today. And you're sitting here going, I'm so nervous to do this kind of stuff. Like, man, and, and y'all know me, and y'all are like, he talks all the time. But I'm going to tell you, it is not, a, uh, um, even for people who talk a lot, it is, you still have to break through that place of obedience to move into that, to, to, to give that, that, that word. That is hard. It is hard, because you don't know, you may just be wrong. You may just, it may be pizza that you're discerning. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, man, you ever told somebody something and, and, and I, I've, I've been guilty of it. I've told somebody something and the person next to him say, that was for me. And I'm like, oh, I missed that one. You know, and that's okay. I've also had him say, no, that's not for me. But I've also had him come back six weeks later and say, man, that word was so for me. I just didn't know where I was fixing to step into. You know what I mean? I would say have a boldness. All these gifts take a boldness. Um, you know, Leslie is, is probably, everybody here is, knows my wife. She's the cooler one, for sure. Um, but uh, she's probably one of the most um, tender and uh, uh, thoughtful People I know, and she operates in this gift uh, quite a bit. But the the thing that she realized was that what we, if we'll just listen to the Lord and to the heart of God, he will tell you. But what we do is we hear something and we shut our ears, right? Have you, we've, can, I, can you agree with that? 
And then it keeps us in our seat. And we never move to give what is supposed to be given. So I would just encourage all this. These gifts, some of them, actually most of these gifts are in some of the, the people sitting in this room today. Most of these gifts sit. The gifts of prophecy, what, what, building up and edifying the body. I, man, y'all are super encouragers, right? At knowing most of you. Y'all are encouragers, it, building up and edifying the body. If you'll learn how to do that, God will open up prophetic word to you. If you'll just learn how to champion other people, God will open up prophetic word. You know why? Because that's, that's like the gifts that sit in you, you didn't take them and bury them in a field, you took them and multiplied them. Because now what you started doing is you started activating people into their gifts without you yet having yours. And God sees that faithfulness because you sit there and you think because it's not some divine, beautiful thing that is on a mic at worship time. You think that it's not the same thing. But man, I'm going to tell you, God delights in that little bit of faithfulness and faith. He does, man. And it sits in most of the people in this room. It really does. And this is why at first I was like, why is discernment of spirits in revelatory gifts? I'm like, man, it's just discern the spirit, right? But I started to realize discerning the spirit, it says in, in scripture to test every spirit that comes to you. And what we don't do is test every spirit that comes to us. We get these words or we, get the, we, we start operating in the spirit. We're not testing these things. And so we start operating in... Can I be honest? Probably 70% of people who have a prophetic gifting operate in their own physical knowledge. That's scary, right? And they hear something in them and, and they, they automatically give that thing. And I would say this, sometimes, man, we, know, we learn in scripture that there are, there are many spirits, Jezebel spirit, uh, religious spirit, we do, you name it, there's a thousand spirits. But what we understand, like, I don't learn the true spirit by studying the counterfeit. I learn the true spirit by talking to the spirit of God. Diving in the word. There will never be a time God tells you to give a word for somebody that is contradictory to his word. Ever. It will never contradict the word of God. It will always match his heart. And that's the rule of thumb for me, is that if I'm going to give something for somebody, it has to match the heart of God and the word of God. Period. But remember, there are also parts of the scripture where there is hard words given. Turn from your wicked ways or God will put you in captivity. Nobody wants that word. <laughs> Everybody wants that. Give me that blessing, Lord. Um, sorry. Oh, no, I'm not. Um, so discernment of spirit. I, I would just encourage y'all with this. The word of God says, how do we test the spirit? We test the spirit by asking the spirit, where do you come from? Do you, or no, do you believe that Jesus Christ was raised from the, uh, sent from heaven, um, down to die on the cross, raised from the dead, ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God and will, and will return one day. Because here's the deal, what we don't understand is that it says in scripture, you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, well so do the demons. 
And so what we have to understand is that we have to start to discern the things that come up against us. We have to discern the things that don't come up against us. Because it says that he will come to you like an angel of light. We think he's always the one that creates chaos, and sometimes that's just you. I hate, he is not omnipotent. He is not all-knowing. He is, at best, on his best day, he, he is, like I said, under our feet. Um, but we need to learn how to discern this. Right? We need to learn when something comes up and you get a word from God. Or, let me ask you this, how many of y'all get a word from, you feel something spoken over your life? And I'm, I'm going to say this in, the, in the, kind of the broadest way I can say it, so, because everybody gets this, that tells you something about your life that, you, that creates some form of fear. How many of y'all have had that? Go ahead and raise your hands. Yeah, everybody here. You're lying if you didn't. Um, <laughs> liars go to the White House. Um, so, um, listen, let me tell you, there are two spirits at operation at all times. There is the true prophetic spirit that tells you that God has a plan, a hope, and a future, and a promise that sits for you in all the things that you do. But then there's a false prophet spirit, and that false prophet spirit says you have no, God has no plan for you, God has no hope, and there is no future. Right? One's to take you to despair, one's to take you to promise. Right? And so we have to discern, whenever we have um, the, the, the thing that brings any kind of anxiousness against us, we need to start to cast that sucker out. We need to bind it up, silence it, declare that the mouth of the lion be shut, and move forward. I mean, that, I did that all week this week. The enemy tried to tell me I was discredited as a pastor. And he tried to tell me a thousand things. You're a horrible boss. Like, oh. But you know what's crazy is you have people who work for you that call you and they're like, hey, man, I just want you to know you're the best boss I've ever had. And you're like, what in the world? And they don't even know the struggle you're walking through. They're just that cool. And they're filled with the Spirit. Or you have people who are like, man, uh, one of my, my buddies texted me and he said, hey man, I was, I was just praying for you. And he was one of the pastors at HPC that I still walk with on a regular. And he said, I just wanted you to know, man, like God has big plans for what's coming for you. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> right? Like God... God is ever trying to put you in the place of promise. You know that I work hard to put my daughters in the place where they're blessed? I work hard at it. If you are an anointed person, I will make my daughter ride with you. <laughs> I will. Because I'm going to throw my daughter in the, pl in, in the place of blessing any chance I get. I will toss her in there too. I will. All of them. And my son. Like, I'll... What do you, if we as sinners know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly Father give you of his spirit? Man, God has a big, big plan for his people. And we need to trust that. We need to trust in his timing. We need to trust in his sovereignty and faithfulness over our lives. If you're asking God for something, he says anything you ask according to my will. It will be done. It will be done. And if you feel like sometimes you're in a place of hopelessness, then you are listening to the wrong spirit. 
Because there's always a plan. There's always a hope and there's always a future. Listen, this is all I've got today. That's all I got for y'all. But I know this. I know this. God is not done with what's in this place today. Um, Dave, can you hop on the keys? Dave and the leadership, y'all come on up. Um, I feel like today as we talked about people moving from their past and people moving into their promise and and as we talked about all these things, I believe this, that, that today you need to identify the lie. I really believe this today. Identify the lie because we need to move forward. We can't wait here no more. It's like, it, it, you ever seen somebody at the top of an escalator and they have a really hard time, they, they, they don't step on it immediately? They're like, I feel like that's where we're at. Not me. I, and I, I'm, I'm just saying this because about a week ago I started stepping in. And I, if that's just the most raw and transparent I can be to y'all. About a week ago, as I prayed to God and I said, Lord, don't calm that storm. No, I acknowledge you're in my stinking boat. That was my moment. Right? And I had to identify a few things in me that I, I struggle with letting go. I struggle with giving God complete control because for the last two or three years, I've been holding on to everything. I haven't been seeking the Lord the way I did when I started my company and everything that he wanted to do. Because you know what? I got this. That's a lie. It was God's divine wisdom that he gave to me when I started this company that got me to where I am. Brett, why don't you and Lisa come? It's going to be God's divine wisdom that will take me to where he has the plan and the hope and the promise for me. You hear me? So if you're in this house today, I'm going to ask you, bow your head. If you're in this house today and you want to step forward, and and what we prayed um, earlier and we made that prophetic step, if that's you and you want somebody to pray over you because you know that what you've been holding on to, the, the, the wall that's blocked you into your, from your promise, if that's you today, I'm going to ask you to come up and get some prayer. Don't stay in your seat because the enemy would love you to stay here another year. He would love for you to stay another year here.